Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast. This is episode 51, creating a Facebook group for your business. Facebook groups are a great way to connect with your clients and community and help you grow your business. On today's episode, we are going to share our best practices for creating and growing your Facebook group and why every business owner should have one. Thanks so much for being here and let's get started, rock stars. Welcome to the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast with your hosts, wedding planner and educator Renee Dallow and blogger and social media strategist Mindy Marzek. Listen in as they bring you the best, brightest, and most honest industry advice on the internet. Their mission is to help you, wedding rock star, work smarter, not harder. Hope you're ready because it's time to rock your wedding biz. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast. This is Renee Dallow. I'm here, as always, with the fabulous Mindy Marzik. Say hi, Mindy. Hi, everybody. (laughs) I'm excited for this week because today we're talking about Facebook groups, but not how to be in a Facebook group because we've done that episode. Uh, But today we're talking about how to run your own Facebook group. Yes. Uh, Renee, you have Facebook groups for your business, right? Oh my gosh, I have a, I have so many Facebook groups. I know, me too. <laughs> well, actually, that's not true. It's almost like potato chips. Like you start one and then you're like, this is fabulous. I need to start a group for everything. I can't no. stop. <laughs> it's true. But uh, when I say I have so many, then I think about it and I'm like, well, it's not that many. But uh, I have two Facebook groups. I have the Moxie Collective that I run for um, wedding planners who have been in business for five plus years. So that's a place where, you know, pros can come and ask other pros high level questions, wedding planners, I mean. And then I have a group for my students called uh, the Moxie um, Academy Rockstars. They're my favorites. Um, and then I admin a bunch of groups. So I guess I do run those groups. So they're not, they're not my own but I run them. So I I feel like they're mine. (laughs) Well, yeah. What about you? I have several and it might take the whole 30 (laughs) minutes if I listed them all. Uh, Oh, wow. But we are, yeah. Today we're going to talk about creating your own Facebook group, running your own Facebook group as part of your business and how to know when you should do it and what your topic should be, you know, what your, what your uh, group topic should be. Uh, so yeah, so I have groups. So my main business is a blogger and I have a couple different verticals on my website. The main one is Disney weddings. So I have a group for Disney weddings. I have a group for Disney travel. And then for the Joy Social end of my business, I have a group for that too. <laughs> and then we have the podcast group. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so many. Can I stop you for a minute and have you explain what a vertical is in case someone listening doesn't know? Oh, yeah. Sorry. So it's just a like kind of like a category on your website. So I'm a blogger. I consider myself a lifestyle blogger just because I write about so many different topics. But I have a Disney wedding vertical. I have a Disney travel vertical. I have a general travel vertical. So that's all that means. Love it. Just didn't want anyone to feel left out. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's sometimes there's terms that I've been using for years that I just don't even think about anymore. So I get it. So what made you want to start your first group? Like what was the first one and why did you start it? Okay, so it actually goes way, 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 way back when I first started my blog. And I first started my blog because I was writing about our wedding planning. So my husband and I got married at Disneyland. There wasn't much information online about it. So I just started a very basic blog. 
And then I found websites, forums, you know, forums were huge 10-ish years ago. Oh, I remember forums. Yes. And I would find other Disney brides and grooms on these forums. And Facebook was fairly new and they just created this group ability to create a group. And so I decided to create a group for Disneyland brides and grooms. And it just kind of grew from there. And I didn't really do it as part of a business. I had my blog, which I had fun writing with, and I didn't really have any plans to make any money from it in a full-time way. But I had the blog, and then I had the group, and I guess they kind of went together. Now I use that group very solidly for my business. I post my website links, I post my products, post links to buy my courses, my shirts, all those things. So now it's very much a part of my business. But at the time, I was just starting it as a way to connect with other people in my community, which is kind of how Facebook groups were meant to be in the beginning. Yeah. And if you get down to it, you know, the reason that you want to have a Facebook group is to connect with your potential customers, potential clients, uh, and create that community. And when you create that community, people, uh, you know, it's the no like, and trust factor, right? Absolutely. So the audience for your Facebook group is actually like people getting married at Disneyland. It's not other people who write about Disneyland weddings. Correct. Yeah. It's the people that I'm trying to reach with my website. It's just like a Facebook group is kind of an extension of my website. It's a place where people who like that information can all gather and talk about it amongst themselves. And that's that's kind of the point of a Facebook group is to create that community. Yeah. I love that. So I'm, when I'm because I'm hearing you and I'm thinking all of my Facebook groups are for other business owners. But I love that yours is actually like client facing, for lack of a better term. And I think so many other wedding pros and bloggers um, can find so much value in that, just expanding their brains to that idea that it's not doesn't have to be business to business, it's business to client. Oh, no. But in, if you think about it, like for your the group for your course students, I mean, those are they're kind of your clients. Oh, yeah, totally. And then like you you said, you you have a group that is for other wedding planners. And I mean, you but you created that group because you want to have a community of wedding planners and then potentially they might buy your products later. <laughs> right. Well, maybe I actually can I tell you how I started that group? Like it was like, yeah, on a yeah, lark. please. So I'm a member of another big Facebook uh, group for wedding planners. And at the time that I started my own group. Uh, there was a period in that big group where it was kind of like the owner of the group had kind of gone MIA and there was not a lot of direction. And what was happening is that seasoned wedding planners were posting in that group pretty high level questions. And instead of getting answers, they were having to spend their time teaching what the question meant. Oh, and I was so frustrated. I was so frustrated. I remember I was in Chicago visiting my husband. He was working in Chicago and I was just trying to like do a little online morning like networking. And I was in that big group and like three questions in a row. I saw my friends, these other seasoned planners trying to just get 
some feedback and instead having to literally explain what they were asking. And I was like, I've had enough. And I literally went to Facebook, <laughs> opened up a group, was like, new group. What am I going to call it? Moxie Collective, go. Here are the rules. And I set it up, Mindy, without really thinking in like five minutes because I was like, I got to get those people who want to ask those questions in a group with like-minded people. Not that I don't want to talk to newbies. That's not the point. But I was sent, I saw in that moment so clearly that these people weren't having their needs met in the big group because it was too big and there were too many new people. Mm -hmm. So the Moxie group is super small. I mean, I think I have less than 200 people in there, but on purpose so that we can ask high level questions and get high level answers and not have to really explain what we're talking about a lot. But I really did start it in like a, on a whim. Yeah. But you know what? That's, I feel like that's the way the best groups start. Like you saw a need and you said, I can fill this need. I can, I can group these people together and you created it and you did it. Now, a lot of people will start a group because they have a business idea in mind and that's okay too. But I think just the best ideas just come from something that you experience in your everyday life. And, you know, I want to talk about, because a lot of people are probably thinking like, well, I'm a photographer, or I'm a wedding planner, and I don't have an education side of my business. Mm -hmm. Can a group still be fruitful for me? And I think the answer is definitely, yeah, especially if you see something in your industry that needs to be addressed, and you can create a group for that without having to have it be like 100% for your business. And also, I will say that being the leader of any type of Facebook group does put you in a position of authority and gives you that kind of idea in your industry that like you kind of have it together. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, agreed. Agreed. Um, it's also a good way to assert yourself as a leader and practice leadership skills. If that's something you are trying to, you know, foster in yourself, it really is kind of a uh, low stress way to, to accomplish that. <laughs> yeah. Now, real quick, I want to talk just really quickly about the difference between a group and a page. Oh, yeah. The reason that I think people like Facebook groups is because they feel private and they feel almost like exclusive, like you're in this little club that not everybody gets to be in. Whereas a Facebook page, which is it's good to have a Facebook page for your business, uh, and that is public. It's almost like a yellow page listing. <laughs> um, so it's good to have both. And the... Facebook page is public, which means people can tag it, you know, and a Facebook group almost feels like it's this cool little club that your your followers or your clients are in. So uh, it to, to that end, most Facebook groups have are, are closed, right? And they require some kind of uh, questions and answers to get in, right? Yes, most of them are closed. So there's three different ways that you can have a group. You can have it be completely open. You can have it be closed, which means people can find the group on Facebook, but they can't see any of the content in it. And then you can have a secret group. I recommend that most people do a closed group. And that way people can search for your group. Like let's say you have a group, like I'll use mine for example. I have a group that's called Disneyland Brides. So if people search Disneyland Brides in Facebook, they'll see my group but they can't see any of the content in it unless they are actually approved for the group. Recently, Facebook added questions that admins can add when people request to join a group. And it kind of does a little bit of screening, whereas before you just kind of had to either accept or deny someone's membership without really knowing much about them. So now you can ask them questions, which is really great. And it's a great way to weed out any people who are just trying to spam your group 
Um, it's a good way to let them know of any rules that you have for the group. You can get to know your members a little better. You can ask them like what their job profession is. Uh, for me, I ask like when their wedding date is or when their wedding date was. Uh, and you can also, this is kind of the cool thing, is you can encourage them to take some kind of action. Mm-hmm. So for our podcast group, in one of the questions, we ask if they've left us a review on iTunes yet. <laughs> now, it's not a requirement to join the group. We just no. kind of put it in there like, just, you know, just to plant the seed. If you want to leave us a review, that would be cool. Just a reminder. <laughs> and then I've seen other groups where they ask if if you want to join their email newsletter. And if they want to join their email newsletter, just leave their email in in the question field and they'll be added. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, you can't really make these things a requirement. No. But you can kind of encourage people to do some type of action to get them to sign up for some other part of your business or leave a review for you or, you know, something like that. So the new member question feature is really, really cool. Yeah, I agree. I also like using the questions um, because I also am the admin of the local Tuesdays Together group, which is Rising Tide. And so one of our questions is, do you live in Los Angeles? Because oftentimes the location that's listed on Facebook isn't your current location. I mean, it should be if you update it, but oftentimes people just forget to update it. So a lot of times I, you know, in the questions we ask, do you live in Los Angeles? And you won't, you know, you can't be a member of this group unless you're local. So for anyone listening who wants to, who's thinking like, oh, I'm a photographer, maybe I'll start like a local you know, group about best places to take, you know, wedding photos or something, you're, you can very much like vet people through those questions and tell them what you're looking for. I need you to be local to be in this group. And it really works. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a great idea for a group. <laughs> there you go. F- feel free to take that, photographers. Okay, so let's talk about some best practices for running a, a Facebook group. Yes. So the one of the most important things that you can do as a Facebook group creator or lead admin is to try to post conversation starters. Now I'm in a lot of groups where they post conversation starters every day and it's a lot to keep up with. Uh, It definitely keeps the group active and it keeps it showing up in my feed. But I will say right now that I do not post conversation starters every day in any of my groups because it's just a lot of work. Mindy, do you think the bigger the group, the more it benefits from a daily prompt like that? So to be honest, the bigger the group, I feel like the questions kind of take care of themselves. Yeah. So for example, like the main Rising Tide group that both of us are in, I don't know how many members it has now. It's in, it's five figures at least. There's people constantly posting every day. So an admin trying to post a conversation starter would just get lost immediately. Yeah. But if you have a small group, like you said, 200 members, you know, posting those conversation starters helps bump the group up in the feed, helps give people something to think about. Yeah, the, the downside is, is that you have a smaller group, you have less chance of people actually responding to the conversation starter. So it might just kind of look like you're talking to yourself. But you know what? <laughs> it, it, you still got to do it because if you're running the group and you want people to be active and chat with each other, sometimes you have to, people are shy. You have to kind of give them that permission to have a conversation. So if you keep doing it and you don't have to do it every day, but you know, try to be consistent. So maybe you do it on Mondays or maybe you do wedding, hashtag wedding Wednesday conversation starter in your group. Uh, or maybe you on Fridays, you ask people what they're working on for the weekend. You, you know, so just if you try to be consistent, then that gives people 
you know, something to look forward to, something to chat about, and also pay attention to what your people are asking in the group, because that could give you some ideas for future conversation starters, or just maybe see when people are the most active. And that way, you know, when you should be posting your conversation starters. I love that. And, you know, in my student group, um, we do a weekly live I do a weekly live. Um, and then I also do a Friday, uh, like a Friday wins, I call it like, tell me your wins for the week. Yeah. Because I want to keep up with my students and see like what they're su feeling success about or what they have questions about. But that's kind of all the prompting I do. And I allow them to ask any questions that they'd like. So, you know, the prompts, the daily prompts are a great thing to aspire to. But also, like Mindy said, feel out what your group will need uh, and what you have the bandwidth for, because, you know, we're all just one person here. And, you know, that brings me to... Uh, the next point I wanted to make is that a lot of people say that they don't want to start a Facebook group for their business because it's just too much work and they don't have the capacity to add something else to their plate, which I totally understand. And that's why I think it's a good idea if you want to run a group to try to recruit some either friends or once you have your group going, some highly engaged members to help you admin the group. So you can add people as admins so that they have permissions to delete inappropriate comments. Uh, they can help approve members or decline members. They can do some of the admin features. You can also rely on them to post some conversation starters for you. I will say for my Disneyland Brides group, it's such a involved community and people are so passionate about it that I have no problems finding members to be admins for me. Uh, and they are volunteer positions. And you know, I reward them, I'll send them gifts. But you know, they're not members of my like, they're not on my payroll. They're just right. there because they really want to help out. They love the group. They love chatting with people about their weddings. And they just really, really want to to help out. Now, if I had, if I have my joy social group, which is really 100% for my business, I would probably pay someone to help me run that group if I chose to do so. Yeah, it's a perfect position for a VA for a virtual assistant. Yes, it really is. So you can see once the group gets going, if you have any really engaged members who are willing to help you out. Again, with my volunteers and the Disneyland Weddings group, I don't really ask too much of them. Um, I also have several, so it's not like I expect them to be there all the time. Uh, so if you do have volunteer admins, you know, obviously treat them with a lot of respect and kindness because they are volunteering to help run the group, which in turn helps your business. And it's up to you how you want to reward them. I will jump in here and say uh, one of the groups that I admin for, um, the Big Wedding Planner group, uh, one of the perks that I get as being an admin, and I've been an admin since, I mean, since day one, is, um, and it's very clearly stated amongst the group members, is that because the admin help run the group, occasionally we are given, like we, we, call, we call it like giving the mic. Sometimes we're given the mic to talk about like my course or something I'm doing for free education, or they very much like share the spotlight on mm -hmm. occasion with us. And I think that, you know, if you're, if you're listening and thinking like, oh, I have to send gifts or I have to pay them, you can just offer them exposure. And sometimes that's enough. And that's a great example of, you know, the quote unquote payment that you get for helping run the group. Um, I just want to make sure that people don't, uh, if you if you create a business group that you don't like, expect people to help you out for free <laughs> to run the group. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> everyone gets paid, y'all. Everyone, yeah, gets, everyone paid. gets paid in some way. Somehow. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, my next uh, tip for best practices for Facebook groups is going to sound super simple, but it's something that I see people struggle with all the time in groups that I'm in. And that is just to respond to everybody. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> if someone asks a question in your group, make sure that you're there to respond to it um, and just let people know that you're there. I see a lot of people who set up groups and then they just kind of like disappear unless they have something new to promote, like their new blog post or their new course. And then otherwise they just don't talk to members. And the whole point of the group is to create this community, which involves conversation so just be sure you respond to all questions and don't leave members hanging if and wondering where you are like you gave that example for the group where the the owner went mia oh yeah that was bad she went mia for a long time and it was just like the admin just trying to keep it going and be like we still have rules i think oh dear <laughs> but then she sold it and someone else is doing it now and she's awesome so it, the group has has revitalized um but in the moment like I said, my impetus was like, oh, I need to do something new. Um, I just want to say one thing about the responding to all questions, because as someone who runs multiple groups, it is something that sometimes I struggle with. But if I see a no notification come in for one of my groups and I'm on the go, what I've started doing is saving the post on, on like on mobile. Yes. So you guys know how to do that? It's on the top right corner of the post. There's like a little arrow. And if you press it, uh, a drop down will open and you can just hit save post. So sometimes at the end of the day, especially if I've been at meetings all day and just haven't been in front of a computer, by the end of the day, I'll go in and look at all my saved posts because I know those people are you know, expecting me to respond. That's a great idea. And while we're on the topic of saving posts, because this is probably something that people don't even realize you can do. And that is a great tip for engaging with your Facebook groups. You can also, if you are browsing Facebook and you see an article that you want to share in your group or even on your page, but you just don't have the time to do it at that moment, or maybe you already posted something in your group and you don't want to post more than one conversation starter a day, you can actually save that article and then go back to your saved links and... From there, you can share it to your page or your group. And then also, like Renee said, you can save those conversations that you want to respond to later. So you can just go through all your save links at the end of the day and see what you want to share and what you need to respond to. So the saved links feature is such a good a Facebook feature. I love it. Facebook has come up with so many really excellent time-saving features that I think we're all just not using as much. <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot to remember with Facebook. We've got a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The next tip that I want to talk about is about going live. So you mentioned that you go live in your student group once a week. I do. Which is awesome. Uh, and so, yes, you can go live in a Facebook group, which is really, really cool. It's a lot different than going live on your Facebook page, which, again, is public. Basically, anyone can see it. Uh, with your group, it feels much more intimate you know, what much more smaller environment, much more kind of like one-on-one, -on -one, that feeling of like, Renee is talking to me, just me. This is awesome. Um, sometimes so, I am just talking to one or two people. <laughs> and that's the thing. Yeah, sometimes if you go live, you know, no one might show up or one or two people might show up, but it does stay in the group forever until you delete it. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, so you can definitely do a live and you can do a live on a regular basis if you want to. And that gives people that consistency. And eventually more and more people will start showing up. So if you want to go live, just make sure that you have a topic prepared uh, so that in case you're just talking to yourself. <laughs> um, 
uh, you want to have a topic prepared so that you have a few points. And even if you just go live for five minutes and no one shows up, it's going to live on in the group and people will watch the replays. And if you keep doing those lives consistently, people will remember and start to show up live more and more. And eventually you'll just be a rock star who is do going live to thousands of people in your group. <laughs> yeah. The other important thing too, and I love that you mentioned the replay, is that the replay will live on as long as you don't delete it and people will respond and ask questions when you're not live. So it's always important to go back and look at those notifications. Don't ever turn notifications off. My belief is for a group that you admin because yes. you just don't know what's going to come up. And you, for me, I need that that buzz that going, oh, wait, someone has a question. Um, and like we said, you don't have to answer it in the moment if you can't, but you have to answer it eventually. Yes. Try to be active in your groups every day if you can. If you can't see, again, if you can have an admin to help you. That's just how you get started with a Facebook group. There's obviously a lot of other smaller things we could get into. Um, but just to recap that pretty much anyone can start a Facebook group and it can be for your business. It can be for your community. Uh, it doesn't have to necessarily correlate to a course or a product that you're selling. Uh, it can just be because you found a need in the community that you really want to address and you feel like you're the best person to do it. Like anybody can do it. It's really easy to set up a group. Facebook makes it super duper easy. And yeah, it's definitely worked for me. I don't want to speak for you, Renee, but I feel like it has been working great for you, your groups. Oh, yeah, I love my groups. Yeah. And I, the most important part of the groups for me is that community feeling and feeling like I'm really connecting to the people who read my websites. And with my Joy Social group, I love when something new happens and I can share right away and kind of give them like that VIP access to this new feature on Instagram and record a video on my phone and show them how to do it. So I love that kind of stuff. I think it's also the best way to get feedback from people who are listening to you, because oftentimes with blog posts, like, I don't know, you're a professional blogger, but I can't tell you the last time I got a comment on one of the blogs I wrote. Like, no one leaves comments anymore. Yeah, everyone's on Facebook. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Yeah. If you have a group, you can ask those questions and get real feedback. Exactly. And if you, you know, anytime you write a new blog post, and this doesn't just go for me as a, as a full-time blogger. If you have a website, if you're a wedding professional and you have a website, you should have a blog. You know, anytime you write a blog post, you can post it into your group and ask for feedback about it, um, ask for opinions about it. You can even, without having anything to link to, you can ask your group, what are their struggles in, in your industry? Try to just start those conversations and see where they can take you in your business, how you can apply them to your business. Um, so yeah, I, I highly recommend having a private Facebook group for all the different reasons we discussed here, but mostly just for that community building aspect of it. Mindy, what do you say to someone who's listening who thinks they have a great idea for a group and then maybe they go to Facebook and try to start the group and realize, oh, there's already a similar group. What do you think about kind of duplicate groups with the same topic? Is there any, any stressing out that should happen over that? No, not really, because I, this is what I tell everybody when they ask me for advice on starting a blog or... Now people are asking us for advice on starting a podcast. Look, there, everything has been covered <laughs> at this point. Like it's out there. <laughs> you might not know it's out there, but everything has been covered at this point. But if you have a unique 
take on a certain topic, you absolutely can start a blog. You can start a Facebook group. You can start a podcast about it because no one is you. And you're always going to have that unique view on whatever topic you're discussing. So absolutely, anyone, you know, there's a million, look, there's even a million Disney wedding groups out there. And yeah. people can choose what they, which groups they want to be in and who they like the best. So of course, yes, there's always room for everybody. You know, it's funny. I asked you that question and then I immediately thought of, um, this is going to be the nerdiest thing I've ever said on the podcast, but my husband and I are really big fans of The Office, the TV show The Office, mm -hmm. which hasn't been on the air in like a decade, right? But if you go into Facebook and search for Office fan groups, Mindy, there are hundreds and we're in like, Joe and I are in like three of them. <laughs> three different fan groups for one TV show that hasn't been on the air in 10 years. And he will tag me in funny posts in like three different groups a day. And it's just so funny to me. But as I asked that question, I was like, oh yeah, my, me, myself, I'm in three different fan groups for a TV show. Like that's nuts, but that's what people are doing. That's the internet for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's the internet in a nutshell. And now you all know something nerdy about me and my husband. <laughs> But no, that's honestly such a good point because, yeah, hundreds and hundreds of groups for a TV show that's been off the air for years, but people yeah. still love it. So if there's a topic that you love, you can definitely create a Facebook group for it. Absolutely. Well, I love it. And I think you all should go out and start Facebook groups. Yeah. Find us in our Facebook group. Oh. Rock Your Wedding Biz Podcast Insiders and come tell us about your Facebook group or if you have any questions about setting up your own Facebook group, we are happy to help you out as serial Facebook group creators. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. And also just a reminder, next week we are discussing our book club selection, The Big Leap. So if you haven't picked it up yet, you still have time to either read it real quick or get that audiobook. Because next week is our episode all about the big leap. I'm so excited for our first book club. Yeah, me too. I'm hoping that this is something that we can do on a regular basis. So let us know again in our group if you're yes. into the book club idea. And I'd say even if you don't get to read the book, if you're like super busy right now and don't have time, still come to next week's ep episode because I think there's going to be tons of value even if you don't know the book we're talking about because we'll, we'll explain it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. It'll still be an episode that's worth listening to, even if you haven't read the book. We're just going to break down the principles of the book, what it means to us. And it'll just be a little more, I guess, relatable if you've read it. Mm -hmm. But obviously, there'll be lots of takeaways if you haven't read it. So, Rockstars, we will see you next week for our book club episode. And we will see you in our Facebook group in the meantime. Yes. So in the meantime, thanks for listening. Uh, we love your reviews. We love your comments. Keep them coming. We always love to hear from you. And for now, we will see you on the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Rock Your Wedding Biz. This episode is sponsored by Moxie Bright Events, wedding planning for creative couples and industry education for creative event planners. Also sponsored by Joy Social, teaching smart social media strategies for awesome business owners. You can find Renee online at moxiebrightevents.com and reneedallow.com. You can find Mindy online at joysocial.net. Jump into the show notes at rockyourweddingbiz.com. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Wedding Biz.